Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I want to begin by thanking you for checking out, listening to today's podcast episode. Today is an out in the garage podcast episode. That means two things. The first thing it means is it is sponsored by Dark Water Woodwork. Dark Water Woodwork has been the sponsor of Out in the Garage podcast since I believe last October. So last October we made it official and Doug Cole, the owner, CEO of Dark Water Woodwork, uh, has a beard oil, beard balm that you can purchase out in the garage. It's what it's called. And you can save 15% off of that purchase if you put in the code for this week, Numbers 11. Numbers, all capital letters, then the number 11. Afterwards, put that in. You'll save 15% off of your out in the garage beard bundle. As I said, I'm a beard oil guy personally. I put some in today. I'm not a beard balm guy. I don't, it, it just... it. It doesn't work for me. I don't know if it's too thick, too whatever, but uh, there are guys that th- that's that's their thing. And so maybe you buy it and you give one away or use them both. I mean, you bought it, you do whatever you want. But it helps, uh, you know, obviously it's good for Doug because he, he wants to sell some beard oil. But it's also good to know, you know, if guys are listening to this and if the exchange is happening as far as like, okay, I, I like that, I like that, if that makes sense. So the second part of that is we're in numbers 11. You know, we are... Uh, methodically walking through the Bible left or right. We're not doing chapter by chapter. We did for a while. Uh, there's certain portions uh, of the Bible that are a little more uh, challenging to go through a chapter at a time. And Numbers is certainly one of those books that will uh, offer us some of those challenges. However, there's a lot in here to unpack. And especially um, as we get into the meat of Numbers, and we're in Numbers 11 right now. And uh, Numbers 11, the title, okay, you know how they put the titles at the top of chapters sometimes? Maybe maybe they do it all the time. Let me look. Yep, all the time. And then sometimes in the chapter breaks, there's some other, you know, titles. Uh, mine says the people complain. Boy, that's that's like, uh, you know, come home from work and big old arguments breaking out in your house. You're like, maybe I'll go back out to the car for a second. Well, the people complain. You sit down to have a little quiet time, just you and the Lord. You open up Numbers 11. That's where I'm at today. The people complain. Well, there's enough complaining going on in, in our world. There's enough complaining going on. Uh, heck, if you walk down the street, I'm sure you can find some people complaining. Well, it says the people complained in the hearing of the Lord. Now, you and I know that we're always in the hearing of the Lord, but uh, the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. Their misfortunes? What, what, what are they upset about? If, if you begin to go through the first 10 chapters of, of Numbers. God has them camping. He's got them counting. There's organization going on. There's cleansing going on. There's, you know, uh, you are separated. You are blessed. He's teaching them how to give. I mean, this is like follow me 101 happening in, in, their, in their little camp. They got, it's not little, but in their camp that they have going here. They're reminded of how God has delivered them. They are constantly reminded of his presence, and yet the people complain. Verse 2, the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and fire the fire died down. I, I, I kind of jumped over the first part. I apologize there. So God gets angry at the complaining, and, and fire comes down. 
people go to Moses going, hey, this is bad. Moses goes to God, intercedes once again on behalf of the nation of Israel. The fire dies down. Now the rabble, this is verse 4, the complaining, the murmuring, if you will, uh, had, had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again. Wept. I'm going to full on crying here. They're emotional about this. And said, oh, that we had meat to eat. Now, I'm a meat guy. If you're not a meat guy, that's okay. I'll eat your portion if, if necessary. I'm kind of particular about my meat, about what uh, I eat, how I eat it, all those things, you know. So I'm not like, you know, I'm not just some ravenous wolf eating whatever you throw in front of me. I, I want to, I'm, I'm peculiar about, about those things, but I'm a meat guy. And uh, I would prefer uh, to have meat with, with every meal if possible. And if you guys don't eat meat, that's great. But they wanted some meat. They were crying out. They, they, verse 5, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt. Oh, that fish. Man, it was, it was so good. It was so good. We ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. They have the full-blown menu going here. Oh, the fish and the melons and the leeks and the cucumbers and the onions and the garlic. There's there's a little phrase there. I, I don't want you to miss it. Because I missed it the first time I was reading through this to get ready for this podcast. I think it was maybe this morning as I was reading through again. Maybe it was yesterday. I don't. Maybe it was last night. I don't remember. Feels like it was this morning. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt. What what did they say next? That cost nothing. Are you delusional? I mean, that's, that's all I would like to ask them. Are you serious about this? We have no print that anyone pushes back and says, that cost nothing? We were slaves. It cost us everything. Whatever we got to consume... It was because we were burning all the calories during the day. So whatever food you had available to you, do you realize you were a slave? Now, I know that is an incredibly unpopular term in 2023, and rightfully so. But don't miss this. We are dangerously close all the time to becoming conditioned to being dependent upon the wrong people. We are dangerously close all the time to becoming conditioned to be dependent upon the wrong people. They'll bail us out. They'll they'll bring some food. They'll get this figured out. They'll pass a law. There'll be some legislation. Someone will do something about this. The only one we're supposed to be dependent upon is the Lord. Now, we have a responsibility to exert effort, no question about it. But he is the one that we are dependent upon. He is the one that where we put our trust. They say, man, this didn't cost us anything. It cost you, it cost you everything. You see, when you become dependent upon the wrong people to bail you out, to provide for you, to protect you, you're no better than the Israelites in Egypt. Well, at least we got a job. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, watch how they can what they can do to that job. They made it real hard, real quick, didn't they? Oh wait, now they're trying to kill your kids. Now you're supposed to throw the kid in the river. That's what you're supposed to do with the boys. It tossed them in there. But it cost us nothing. How about all the babies that had to die? So you could get your fill of cucumbers and melons and leeks. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But man, that food was so good. It didn't cost us anything. That is a lie. It cost you everything. But now, verse 6, but now our strength is dried up and there is nothing at all. But this manna to look at, our strength is dried up. Amen, it's dried up. Because you know where your strength is supposed to come from? Yep, the Lord again. Do you know where we find our strength? In ourselves, in our resources, in our abilities, in our creativity, in our networking, in our whatever, whatever, whatever it may be. We, we find our strength in those things. The strength is supposed to be found in the Lord. They're complaining about what God has provided. May we had it so good in Egypt. No, no, you didn't. You have the Lord in your presence, and you're still going to complain about it. <laughs> you have the Lord giving you the instructions of how to be his people, and you're still complaining about it. Moses gets tired of this. I'll tell you what, if you're in any position of leadership, you you feel for Moses, don't you? Don't you? Man, I'm telling you what. When I read Mo- stuff about Moses, I'm like, I've been there, brother. Maybe Nate, maybe not to that scale, but I, I've been there. Now, here's the thing. Let me say this. I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been the people. I have been the people complaining. Complain, complain, complain. Why are we doing it this way? Why are we not doing it this way? We only focus on this. We never focus on that. This always happens. This never happens. We're all, I've been that person. <clears throat> Have you? And the, the way I knew that I had been that person is when God placed me at times in positions of leadership. You say, oh, now I'm the leader. I get to be in charge. Yeah, here's what happens when you're the leader. Thought I better take a sip of coffee before I get into this. When you're the leader, <clears throat> you get to lead people like yourself. Now, maybe they don't look like you, sound like you, talk like you, or anything, but they will inevitably complain like you. They will. I'm not saying Moses was a great complainer. I'm saying Jared is. And the times in my life that there, there's been countless times in my life where somebody has done something that is angering me as a leader. I'm done. I'm fed up. I'm either going to address this head on or you know what? I'm done. I'm done dealing with this individual, whatever. And the Holy Spirit has this way of saying, that was you. (laughs) That was you. I know it was me. I know I complained like that. I know I acted like that. But listen, different scenario, different reason. No, that's you. Complaining is complaining. Right? Right? Now, when it says in the scripture, when the people complain, it could also be translated that the people became truly murmurous, just an offense to God's ears. That when we complain, it becomes offensive to God's ears. This isn't exclusive just to the Israelites. This is us. When we complain, it becomes an offense to God's ears. Now, he has no problem dialoguing with us. 
You don't see the people going to the Lord saying, Lord, is there any way? Or Lord, can you provide? Or Lord, fish would be great for dinner tonight. Or Lord, no. Man, we had it so much better in Egypt. They've already complained about, you know, there's not enough graves. You're going to try to kill our kids. I mean, they're just irrational. And when we complain, when we start to get our own strength dried up, we become irrational. God is no longer our strength, and we forget, you know what, where we're at right now, Psalm 51, 12, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. What? How much did my salvation cost? <laughs> it cost the Lord everything. It should cost me everything. We complain, we forget, there's always a cost involved. You complain a lot less about dinner when you're the one making it, don't you? You complain a lot less about dinner when you're the one that bought the groceries or you paid for the groceries. When you're 10, 11, 12, 13, pff, no problem at all. You don't know what, it, you don't understand the cost. There was no cost to the Lord. He owns it all. There was a cost to the Israelites who were complaining and they didn't even realize it. When we complain, there is a cost. First of all, you're, you're taking joy away from yourself. You become a miserable person. The problem is you can't escape yourself. But other people can. <clears throat> and if you're a complainer, guess what? They're going to avoid you. They're going to avoid you. When you walk up into conversation, they go, crud, he's here. They don't say it out loud, but they're thinking it. Moses is done. <laughs> you're talking about meat, verse 13. Where am I going to get meat to give all these people? They weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. Hey, it rhymes. I'm not able to carry all the people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. You ever been there? If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. Moses said, I want to die. This isn't Jonah throwing a little fit. This is Moses at the end of his rope. He says, I want to die. If I have found favor in your sight, then I may, I may not see my wretchedness. He said, man, I don't want to go on no more. So the Lord's going to give him some meat to eat. The Lord says, verse 23, Is the Lord's hand shortened that you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not? And so, in the course of this conversation with the Lord, God knows that Moses is worn out. And so, he's going to give him 70 elders to help lead. He's going to take some of the spirit. How God does this exactly, I have no idea. Some of the spirit that God has put upon Moses, he's going to give it to these guys. And now they're going to lead. And they're going to be arms and legs and fingers and toes. And they're, they're, they're going to do the things that Moses needs some help with. Moses, is he's exasperated. People are exhausting. Sometimes people choose not to lead because they know they'd have to lead someone like themselves. You know that you're a hard person to lead. And you would prefer to stay in the recliner and play quarterback. You would prefer to call the shots from the bleachers. You don't want to have to get in and actually do something about it because that would require more of you than you're willing to give. But it's easier to complain about those who are willing to give it. And shame on us when we do that. So God's going to give them some food. He says, you know what? You long for Egypt. You, you, you got all those souvenirs mentally from Egypt. Okay. Then a wind from the Lord sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea. This is verse 31. And let them fall beside the camp. About a day's journey on the side and a day's journey on the other side around the camp. 
And the people rose at all, rose all that day and all night the next day and gathered the quail. Oh man, it's like Black Friday. We're going to get all the quail we can get. Those who gathered least gathered 10 homers. Those who, oh, forgive me, and they spread out for themselves all around the camp. This is good now. Verse 33, while the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. Now, this isn't food poisoning because the meat was in their teeth still. Therefore, the name of the place was called, I don't know how to say that, because they were buried, the people who had the craving. What, What just happened here? Well, God showed mercy to Moses by giving him some elders, 70 of them, putting his spirit upon them. And then he tempered this mercy with judgment when it came to the complainers. You want meat? I'll give you meat. (laughs) A 36-hour quail bash going on here, right? The meat is in their teeth. Oh, finally, the taste of meat and a plague hits everybody who has rejected the Lord. Understand this now. There are times where I believe God will give us requests that we're going to get with something we don't want because we're going to have to learn something the hard way. I think there are times where the Lord will answer a prayer and say, "You are this is an unmerited request, an unwarranted request. You, you don't deserve this. But you need to learn something here. Third time in this one chapter, the anger of the Lord is kindled against his people. While they are his people, God will show no partiality when it comes to sin. They, At some point, God says, okay, that's it. And then a plague comes and begins to wipe out a whole bunch of people. He says, you want to remember Egypt. Do you remember the plagues? Do you remember what was happening during the plagues? Do you remember how you ran for freedom and fear of your life? Do you remember how you turned around and saw the Egyptians chasing you and I parted the Red Sea? Do you remember all those things? Because you sure got your mind fixated on fish and leeks and melons and cucumbers. Maybe your focus is on the wrong thing. But listen... If you read Romans 1, there are times where God says, fine, if you want to act that way, you want to live that way, satisfy your flesh, okay. God will allow them to be given over to sinful desires, act certain ways. When that happens, people look around and go, well, they didn't get punished for it. Maybe it is okay to do that. And suddenly then you start to not only give approval for those who do it, but you start to do it yourself. Complete depravity. Depravity. What we need to do is look at ourselves individually and say, where do I need to repent? Where do I need to repent that I've just been a a miserable, complaining, grumpy dude? You might say, well, I'm not that bad. No, but I bet there's some areas where we are complaining that we, we could and should repent of and say, Lord, forgive me for complaining about that forgive me for acting that way forgive me for whatever whatever it is now my kids went back to school today i love it you guys know this i love it when my kids are out of school 
I feel like that's the way it should be. Just, I don't know, just you get to do life that way. There's less less pressures and things, but, you know, we're still busy. You got a lot going on, but back to school. Now, all summer long, I wanted to, uh, you know, I, I do this. I have a podcast, right? I got three episodes a week, and I got to find ways to get things recorded. And when you got four other people in your house, that, that can be a bit of a challenge. When those four people, some of them bring friends over, it's even a greater challenge. So either I have to do it at the office, which isn't particularly the most convenient, or I, I need to do it in the garage, which can be even less convenient because it's a thousand degrees and the neighbors are quite interested in what's going on. But nevertheless, where I'm recording right now is where I would desire to record. And I just dropped off uh, a couple of them at school. One of them um, had, had to go earlier. I walk in a house and what I wanted for the last you know couple of months is just some quiet, man. Just Boy, it's a weird feeling. When there's no noise and there's no, you know, TV going or YouTube or basketball hanging off the, off the whatever, it's a weird feeling. Sometimes the things we complain about, when you get to the point where you get to realize what you were complaining about, boy, it's a powerful perspective. I would imagine. I would imagine that that meat wasn't nearly as good tasting as they hoped it would be. Those who survived. I would imagine they'd look back on that and say, hmm, I'm going to think twice before I complain about how good it was in Egypt again. Just a thought. Again, I think there's times that God will say, fine, that's what you want. This is what you get. But net, don't, 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 don't miss this. Sin is sin. There is no partiality when it comes to that. And there are people who are leading and maybe they're not doing as good a job as you would do, or maybe they're not doing as the, the things that you think they should do. What you could do is pray for them. You could come alongside them. You probably don't quite realize what they're walking through. I know I didn't until I sat in some of the chairs I've sat in and thought, well, I didn't realize that's what you had to do. I didn't realize every complaint like that comes to you. I didn't realize you're responsible for these things. Huh? When I was down the hallway complaining about this stuff, I, I didn't put two and two together. But don't miss the our original point here. When we complain, it is as if it is a murmurous offense to God's ears. He hears it regardless of what we're complaining about. It, it, it's not that we can't be upset. It's not that we can't be you know, discontent. It's not that we can't be frustrated. All, that. No, all those emotions are, are good, and I think they're given to us from the Lord for a purpose. But complaining, a spirit of complaining, I do believe that displeases God. I do believe that's, that, that displeases God, and I believe that comes from uh, an unsettled and a bitter heart. And if that's how you're living and that's how you're functioning, you need to repent of that. You need to have some people help you, call you out on it when they see you do it more. Amen. So guys, man, numbers 11 is loaded. I skipped over a ton because I wanted to, to give some brevity to this. Uh, we're we're going to talk about numbers 12 next time. His own family is going to turn on him. That wouldn't happen ever, would it? Never. Numbers 11, you should take a look at that. Check the links in the, in the profile. Get yourself a spot that retreat. We only have a limited number of spots left. Um, I love it if you sign up for the herd. Appreciate the men that are in that community, what we're getting to do there, what what I think we're going to continue to get to do. And uh, 
go to Darkwater Woodwork, men. Thanks for listening. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.